Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. Uh, Chris again, and we're going to be posting our second podcast episode of the week. I was out of town last week and so got a little bit behind, so we're just trying to catch right up. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Genesis 7. I'm going to read and then pray and then share just a few things about Noah and the ark and the flood. Uh, If I'm going to name today, uh, it would be Floods Come and Floods Subside. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household. For I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and its mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air, also male and female, to keep their kind alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Father, I pray that as we look to hold this story, uh, Lord, I pray that we would see truth here that would help us live our own lives faithfully before you. God, we thank you for the wisdom of the Bible. We thank you, God, for the truth and the power in these stories, God, that they tell us so much about your heart and they tell us so much about us. And so I pray today that as we look at uh, chapter 7 and chapter 8 in Genesis, that you would help us to find our own story within this one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you were following along in the podcast, you know that in Genesis 6, which we reflected on in our last episode, God told Noah to create a space, uh, a place of refuge. He told him to build something. And we were reflecting on the fact that there are times in life where God asks us to create a structure. Um, Some have called it a rule of life. Others would would say I'm intentionally cultivating a a relationship with God, a relationship uh, with people in my life that the Lord has asked me to hold on to. Well, well Noah, in in concrete ways, is, is told by God to build a boat. And I look at that boat in my own life as a metaphor for creating a space for life to persist in the midst of danger and darkness. One of the things that I think we all have to hold as we live our lives um, in this fallen and broken world is that darkness and storm are non-negotiable. They come into every single one of our lives. Uh, so we can't. there's no scenario where we ask God to, to spare us from the storm occurring in the first place. What God does invite us to do is to create uh, places of refuge so that we might endure the storm and so that life will persist on the other side of the storm. And I think that's what this story is about. If, if we're going to read the story in such a way that we uh, receive something meaningful from it, I think this is the, the big picture. Uh, the Lord invites us to create a space of refuge. Uh, we build with God at God's design. Uh, because the storm is coming. It's telling in the words that I just read that the Lord said to him, in seven days, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, rain is coming and it's going to come for a very, very long time. And so Noah prepares. Um, he gets ahead of it. Uh, it's, it's too late to build the structure when the deluge has already occurred. Uh, Noah Here's the Lord say, I want you to build something so that you will be ready. And I think for many of us, uh, the Lord would invite you when the sun is shining or maybe when the clouds are gathering, but it's not got away from you just yet to build, uh, to create structures in your life 
where God would inhabit those structures and your life will be preserved in the midst of trouble. And what the Lord says here is that judgment is coming, a removal of that which is not good, that which is wicked, depraved, uh, broken. And it's interesting to me that in the midst of God's judgment, there is a commitment to preservation. And I tend to look at this uh, in my own life, this part of the Bible, I look at this internally, uh, that there are parts of me that, that need to go, that are not worthy of the future God has in mind, and there are parts of me that are really worth preserving. And I love it. Uh, in this moment of true darkness, uh, the Lord could have just wiped the whole of the story out and started over. But he said, out of all this mess, I'm going to preserve a remnant. I'm going to preserve a remnant of life. And it's so funny, that idea of a remnant. Um, I've, I've learned in the last couple of years to see that when I went through deep, deep darkness and devastation, God preserved a remnant in me. He preserved parts of me that were worthy of the future. And a lot of other stuff went by the wayside. God is determined to preserve life. Uh, even in the midst of judgment. And I think he does that in the individual life as well as collectively. My purpose here is to think about the individual life. Uh, so much of what I thought really mattered didn't make it into the boat, so to speak. Uh, and that was hard for me, uh, coming out of a season of flood, if you will, to to borrow and, and sit in the metaphor here. Uh, there was less of me that made it into the boat than I would have preferred. And I think that's actually what happens here in uh, the story of Noah. A lot didn't make it into the boat, but enough did to see future. And then the storm comes. And we're told that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And that's just simply Hebrew uh, shorthand for a really long time. Uh, this was not like a month and nine days. This just meant seemingly forever. Uh, the storm went on forever. And gosh, who among us can't identify a time where it felt like the storm was just going on and on and on. I remember my wife and I lived in, in England uh, many years ago. Uh, our daughter, uh, our oldest daughter was born there. She's actually about to move back to, to the UK, to, to London, to work at a church in London. Uh, we have such fond memories of England, but one of the memories that's not so fond is I remember at one point it did literally rain for more than 40 days in a row. Uh, and I thought, gosh, this must have been, <laughs> this is, it's dark, it's cold, um, everything's gray. And so what we see here is that the, the, the floodgates open. And I just try to imagine what would it have been like for Noah and his family and his animals to ride out the storm. And if you're honest enough with your life, you actually can imagine it. You, you may not have endured a, a literal flood that, that swamped everything literally in your life. And yet, metaphorically, we've all felt this. Those times where it feels like the sun's never going to shine again, where we're never going to feel joy again, where we're never going to feel hopeful or confident again. Noah was surrounded by water and darkness. And he was probably asking the same questions that you and me that we ask. How long is this going to continue? Is my boat going to hold up? Can I endure this experience? What about the people in the boat with me? Are we going to all turn on one another? And if you've been through a crisis, and, and I know some of you uh, who are listening to this, and I know you have been through crisis, you've asked those very same questions. Those are really normal questions to ask. I guarantee you Noah was asking those questions. Did I build this thing right? You know, there were probably some leaks here and there. Is this going to hold up? Are we going to make it? But I will say this, there is always a terminus to suffering. 
It's one of the reasons why the Jews in the wisdom literature of the Bible, so specifically the book of Psalms, would oftentimes when they would reflect on suffering, they would use the Hebrew acrostic, you know, the alphabet, because there's always a terminus to suffering. It begins and it ends. And, you know, in the ancient imagination, they believed what we should believe, which is that, you know, you're either going to get better or you're going to die. But either way, suffering ends. Um, Our pain will end. And so here he is. He's just like grinding out, riding out the storm, unsure probably as to whether or not he'd built well enough or they were going to make it or whether they would turn on one another. But it ends. So I'm going to read chapter 8. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed and the rain from the heavens was restrained. The waters gradually receded from the earth. That's interesting. Not suddenly, but gradually. And in our own lives, the waters, they never suddenly recede. They always gradually recede. They suddenly come, arrive, but they gradually recede. At the end of 150 days, the waters abated. And in the seventh month of the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and he sent out a raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him in the ark, for the waters were still on the whole face of the earth. So he put out his hand and took it in and brought it back into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. And then he sent, waited another seven days, And he sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. I love that picture. What that picture reminds me of is this. Once the rain stops, it takes a really, really, really long time for life to resume. So I want you to sit with this picture in your own life. Here is Noah and his family and the animals. It's probably pretty cooped up by then. The rain stops. They open the windows but they can't get out. And there are times in our own lives where the, the crisis will end, and yet the effects of that crisis take a long time to abate. I love the imagery there, the, the honesty in the imagery, that the, the storm came suddenly, but the waters receded gradually. In your own life, when you endure a massive tumult, when, when the winnowing, um, the the judgment of God comes to parts of our lives and we endure pain and we endure trouble. Oftentimes the recession takes a long, long time. So there he was looking out the window and maybe you're there right now. You're looking out the window and you're thinking, is this ever going to end? Is, is the water ever going to go away? So to speak, am I ever going to be able to set foot on dry land again? It took me two and a half years, really, at one point in my life. And in the recent time, it took the better part. I was away for four months, but it took a full year after that before I felt like I was standing on dry ground again. It takes a long time. 
I think that one of the things that suffering teaches us is to learn patience, to realize that floods come, that's a non-negotiable, but those floods will subside, they gradually recede. And so Noah waits and he watches and he tests whether the season is over. And I think this is really important. He's looking and looking and sending out birds. Uh, he's testing whether or not the season's over, but he's not getting ahead of the process. He wants to know where things are. I believe reality testing is really important when we go through hard times. Uh, we've got to actually know where things really are. So we see it here. Noah wanted it to be over before it was over. And this is true in your life and mine. So he sends a raven out that just flies back and forth, nowhere for it to go. It comes back. Then he sends a dove and it flies around and then it comes back. And then he waits a week and he sends the same probably bird out again and it flies around and it comes back with a leaf. And that was the sign that the beginning of the end uh, was in play. And then he waits another week. So let's just imagine like during the time where he thought we're almost there, he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And if you're there, I just want to say, take your time. You can't hurry the healing of a wound in your body. You also can't rush the end of a season in your life. Let it have its way. Let the process play out. Because eventually, that bird didn't come back because it had found a place to live. It had found new ground. Ground that Noah himself and his family could stand on. The bird represented a kind of first fruits of what would ultimately be real for all of them. But as I imagine Noah and his family getting out of that boat, there was a lot of grief associated with that. Animals lost, neighbors lost, um, the contours of, the, of their life, the earth itself reshaped by crisis. As I look at my own life, there are times where I think, gosh, the hills don't look the same. The, the, the landscape isn't the same because we've endured something massive. And that's probably true for many of you who are listening to this. But he got out of the boat. Noah, in many respects, walks with a limp out of that structure that he had been invited to create. And he steps into a new world. A world that probably carried with it memories of pain and loss and grief. And yet, also contained within it the hope of new life. My prayer for you is that you would hold the reality of crisis and tumult even as you hope to step into new life. But don't rush the process. Incomplete processes just repeat over and over and over again. For some of you, the Lord wants you to derive as much meaning as you can from the season you're in so that when you step out, you step out into a real and true place. God bless you. Go in peace. And if you're enjoying this, I would just encourage you. Share with a friend. Give me a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Love to get the word out about this because I'm having a great time sharing in the word with you. And I'll see you next week. God bless you guys.